time again for Bertie Martin. Yes, it's time again for Bertie Martin. Call him up and tell him what you're thinking. But be kind because he's doing the best he can. We've got a show for you today. You're going to want to hear the head ball coach. He's got some comments about the winning. Very buzzed about Florida winning four SEC titles in 30 hours. Coach Spurrier will speak to us about that. And he happened to win four SEC football titles in a row. Only one other man did that. Let's see who you can, if you can answer that question. We'll put that out there and see for you. Hey, also David Moulton. David Moulton, a man who knows many subjects, particularly college football, from ESPNU, from CBS Sports College Game Day. Actually, it's not called College Game Day. It's a broadcast of CBS Sports. He works in the press box with Gary Danielson there as a spotter. And, of course, he does his own show, Miller and Moulton in South Florida, and writes a column for the Fort Myers News Press. That's all coming to you today. And, Brendan Martin, guess what today is? My birthday, maybe. Brendan Hat Day. I don't know. Brendan Hat Day last night. It's always Brendan Hat Day. How are you, Dad? Did you have a little coffee? Good, good, Brendan. Good. Uh, Your chats last night were a subject of much discussion on the program. And, by the way, new platforms. Welcome to the folks who found us on Twitter. Quite a few last night found us on Twitter. Of course, our regular Internation Kingdom on the uh, Facebook format where we are five days a week and sometimes six. And, of course, uh, we're out at all points out there broadcasting. And, of course, I want to get into this, all the other stuff for the podcast, etc. So that's what's going on today, Brendan, is National Chocolate Chip Day. Really? Yes. I love chocolate chips. I know you do. But, however, somehow or another, I was sucked into thinking it was National Chocolate Chip Cookie Day. It is not. It is not. It's just National Chocolate Chip Day. Well, they have a National Chocolate Chip. There's a difference. Cookie Day. Just so you know. Now that's a little bit. Isn't that called there's a, a sort difference? Of thing? That's bait and switch, isn't it? I don't know. It's kind of weird there. It's so not. there's a big difference. Yeah. So are you going to put your hats up for sale? No. You bought them for me. Why am I going to put them all well, up for sale? They're asking. They want them. They I just keep, keep sticking them in them. the camera like this so everyone can see how cool they are. There you go. There and you go. We'll drive the value yeah. up. Maybe. Maybe. Exactly. Get rid of them. 
Exactly. Well, uh, you know, uh, uh, lots of activity going on. I still don't know the answer to this question. I put it out there because I was told this by a reporter. I'm not putting out there as fact. I'm not going to put it out as fact unless I see it until I talk to the man. But I was told by a reporter from Columbus that Urban Meyer allegedly, I don't believe this yet. I'm going to wait and see, allegedly blocked Joe Burrow from coming to Florida. Doesn't make a lot of sense considering he was a graduate transfer. And uh, what would that have to do with Ohio State? I don't understand that. Yet he went to LSU. Something not right there. But maybe we'll get a chance to ask Coach Meyer that on Friday if we're able to bring him in as he says he thinks he will be available on Friday. Well, no Thursday. And talk to him about this. His team, by the way, ranked among the top to win a national championship, one of the shortest odds uh, this coming football season. So that. And then uh, I, I'm totally unclear about some of this graduate transfer stuff. It, it just it, there's so much going on. I read where I thought. Well, I'm 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 actually stuff. confused about it myself. So I have yeah. a lot of questions because I, I don't understand how this all became a thing so fast, right? So like this, like a whole season for this whole uh, entire stuff. So could you? I was hoping that we could elaborate a little bit more on how it works because I know there's even some potential yeah. changing in the NCAA rules and all that kind of stuff. So hopefully we get some clarity on that. Yeah, well, and, and, and I don't know 100%, but I'm reading out of other publications. I think it was the SEC Country, but I'm not sure. Again, or maybe it was Bleacher Report. I hate to not say where it came from, but they reported Van Jefferson, the terrific wide receiver, uh, as being already eligible under NCAA's uh, rules. So that would be it, because all the other old Miss players have been made eligible, apparently. So uh, I don't know if that's if that's just you know conjecture, if it's fact, but they report Van Jefferson. Now, Grimes from Ohio State, to my knowledge, has not been. But on the other hand, also, I know what it was. Uh, then I read he wasn't eligible because Florida hasn't applied for the waiver yet. So I don't understand this. This whole process gets me. Um, uh, seven Ole Miss players announced their intention to transfer. Shea Patterson, who has been approved. Jerry on Street, Van Jefferson, Deontay Anderson, Breon Nixon, Breon Dixon, uh, Trey Nixon, and Jack DeFore uh, all have announced it. Now, uh, I don't know who all, but according to USA Today, uh, Trey Nixon, offensive lineman Jack DeFore, and running back Jerry on Street are eligible to play this fall. But there have been no decisions on Van Jefferson, who transferred to Florida. According to Thomas Mars, attorney, uh, Florida has not yet submitted a waiver for Jefferson, which I don't understand. And also, uh, Dan Mullen said that is true. So technically, while he could be eligible, he apparently is not. I don't know. Too much fine print for these eyes. I can't figure it out. Maybe David Moulton will know. Who knows? We'll see if he has any idea about that. So, um we are coming to you live today, as we do every Tuesday morning on Martin & Martin. Tomorrow night, we'll be at World of Beer. Uh, we want to remind you folks of that. If you're in the Newberry-Gainesville area, hope the mayor will be there, Nat Blaylock. Uh, and we'll be doing, Brady Ackerman and I will be doing the show uh, tomorrow night. And then, of course, Thursday and Friday will be Martin & Martin, Martin & Martin in the morning. So it changes around a good bit. But, Brendan, apparently they do find us, right? Yeah, that's what I hear. I mean, everyone seems to find us. We got a lot of things going on in a lot of different places. Uh, I mean, currently right now we're running a, f- a couple of streams. That's why I seem a little distracted. I'm not on the screen as much, but I understand. I won't uh, bother you again. I apologize. No, no got, I'm like, just saying. At the end of the day, but we got a lot of different places where you can yeah. we can join. That was our biggest. We've heard everyone's biggest concern was. Yeah. 
Well, let me tell you what I want you to join right now while we're waiting to get a hold of David Mulchin. I couldn't say I really do appreciate by the fact our our all of our uh, elite members. Congratulations to Roger Burns and Ningbo China. He was the guy last night whose name was pulled out by lovely and talented Miss Joni, as they called her. Tony Martin pulled number four out, and that voila was the winning number for the shoes, the books, the shirts, all of it. Roger is thrilled. He posted this morning, and I took a picture of his goodies and put them on Facebook so he could see them over in China. Roger will be back here in a couple of weeks. Go to move up to Bronson, his home there. will be back. We'll meet us at World of Bear, where we'll present him with this goodie package. That's going on. But first, let me tell you about my friends over at Center State Bank. This is Center State Bank Tuesday. Thank you, Center State Bank, for sponsoring our Tuesday show. Title sponsor all day long. Appreciate that very much. Uh, I've talked about it. Speaking of chocolate chips, you can get a chocolate chip cookie there at some of these locations. I can't guarantee all the other 81, but I know the one place where I go to the bank over in Silver Springs Boulevard in Ocala, there's always chocolate chip cookies or some kind of cookies until somebody like Tom Schmitz comes along and eats them up. But they're right there on the table in the front. Love going in there. Good way to start your day. Say hello to the folks there. Uh, they feature relationship banking, which I like a lot in my banks. I've said many times, I don't like going into a place, big box bank, they say, hey, you over here, give us your ID, put your hands up against the wall. Bye. I love the fact that, uh, that, that there's a friendly atmosphere. And these people also reach out to the community. Their community room upstairs hosts all kinds of special events, weddings, etc. In fact, we're going to have our Ocala Quarterback Club meeting there. We just found out yesterday on October, the, um, excuse me, on August 22nd, uh, where we'll have the head coach's wife. Not Jerry Spurrier, but Megan Mullen, who used to work in television and golf channels. She'll be our speaker at the quarterback club's kickoff. So they do lots of things over there at Center State Bank, including hosting events, giving you cookies. Most of all, they they are locally market-driven in all these markets. They also have a long-term view of of loans, and uh, they have a world-class service. So check them out. Go to centerstate.com, or if you're in the Ocala area, go to Silver Spring Boulevard. Drop by there and pick up one of the cookies. Tell them Buddy sent you. Call them at 352-368-6800. As Brendan likes to say in that slogan he's got up there on the screen, Center State Bank, centered on community and customer service. So uh, remember, that's what they that's what they live by there. Okay, I believe we're going to be talking to David Bolton here in just a moment. Uh, and we still haven't figured out all the stuff with the gambling. I talked to a friend of mine last night about this new, this gives the states the right to choose their own path. New Jersey apparently is going ahead with that. Uh, and they are on, they've got, they've got a clearance to do that. And, uh, so there's no federal law against sports gambling now. So that's removed. But there are other things, including big fees. Uh, everybody wants to get on the act. Uh, 12 states introduce legal sports gambling legislation, uh, and there's a long way to go, but it's not going to be an open field day on uh, gambling. Not tomorrow. I'm going to have casinos popping up tomorrow all over the country, but there is going to be uh, no question they're getting a softer stance about it, and there's going to be uh, more gambling. Um, 40 states have some kind of casino right now. It isn't like they're not gambling. They're already gambling with casinos and card rooms that got dog tracks and high-life front tons and uh, course tracks, etc. So there you go. So I want to say good morning to our crew out there, Lynn, Richie, Rebecca mm, says, mm, cookies. Richie Robinson says, good morning. From his, I guess he's going back to the oil rig today, oil rig. He's our oil rigger out there. So um, uh, also our friends, uh, Don Rutledge, my buddy, my my fat elk, 
brother, uh, now the great referee uh, had, uh, who on college basketball, six-time Final Four. Hello, Don. Good morning to you. Um, Brent English. Brent English wants to see that orange cap again. You're, I don't know what your hat, her hats are taking over. I don't know or something. Brendan's hats. All right. And I bought them. I don't get to wear any of them. Um, Doug Tony, um, Don Beverly, good morning to you. Uh, Kevin, good morning to you. So uh, we got some folks online who want to hear from David Bolton. We'll take your comments, as we say, uh, off the air and on, uh, on the chat page. So check in. And thanks to our friends on Twitter land for joining us as well. We'll check on them in a moment, too. Okay, Brenda, where do we go from here? Do we have David Moulton? No, we don't. Uh, I'm having an issue uh, seemingly dialing out. So well, let me see if I can get him on. Why don't you dial him from your Skype? Just on your, on your Skype would be fine. Well, all right. Dial him from your Skype. No, just dial him, add your call there and see because um, – I am not. Uh, I'm, I'm not uh, able to, whatever reason, use my Skype. Yeah, I'm gonna have to dive a different way because I can't get my directory up here. I don't believe. Yeah. Uh, uh, says whole call, share screen. So I'm gonna have to call him a different way. And David's gonna be on. Uh, David's prompt. I'll try to call him it and uh, merge him in. All right. Well, let's see if we can whatever's happening there with Skype this morning playing tricks on us. We'll try this and see if this works. David Bolton, of course, uh, a very fine talk show host himself. Uh, Miller and Moulton in the morning. And, of course, uh, you can check him out also on ESPNU some days. I believe he might be on the program with us. David, is that you? It is, buddy. How are you? Good. We're trying to call you on Skype. We weren't having any luck for some reason, so we tried the old-fashioned way, my friend. <clears throat> Good talking to you this morning. Hey, you're, you're a guy. You're a thinker. All right. Just so you know, it's National Chocolate Chip Day. Just to make you feel a little better. Uh, this this whole thing with gambling, it, yeah. it, it's too it's still too hard to figure it out yet. I know you know people who know people who know people. It's part of the culture of sports. We know all that without moralizing about it. The fact is, it's definitely coming. Uh, it, it, it's I don't get that it's going to be a tsunami. But it looks like uh, the, the, the gambling uh, position on all states, at least 40 of them, uh, is changed. The climate's changed, and there's no federal law now. Well, it, it's not open season. There won't be a casino on your street corner. Uh, what do you think it means, David Moulton? Well, I think it'll mean different things depending on where you live. Uh, where we live, you know, I mean, you've, I think, been in Florida over the years longer than I have. I've been here since 99. Um, you know, I kind of mirror gambling to marijuana. Mm. I think there are some parallels. It took a long while in this state. And even now that it passed on the ballot, uh, I don't think it would have passed in the legislature. Is that fair to say? Uh, it, it got on the ballot. We 60% of us voted to make it so, but you know, that doesn't mean it's still widespread in the state. I mean, in fact, each county is moving pretty slowly in terms of making medical marijuana available. I think gambling in Florida, I think, buddy, will be one of the last 30 percent of the country to have legalized sports betting. I think there'll be 30 to 35 states that have it before Florida does. The only thing that I think will speed up our time frame would be the state of Georgia. 
and where I'm going with this is, is Mississippi is going to be one of the leaders. They're going to have legalized sports betting by July. And Louisiana's got such financial problems, and there's already a bill in their house. They're going to get it, too. And South Carolina's got a bill in their house, and they're probably going to get it, too. So that'll probably be the states in the South, along with West Virginia, if you consider West Virginia the South. But there will be no state touching our border. And Alabama doesn't even have a lottery. So they're not going to have gambling. You know, Alabama and Utah are going to fight to be who could be last to have sports betting. So, But to me, the key buddy is Georgia. If Georgia starts to have legalized sports betting, then I think the casino industry in this state is going to be like, uh, we're going to start losing some money here. We need to at least play catch up with them. And so to me, I think the key as to how quickly Florida gets it is how quickly Georgia gets it. Because I don't think there's going to be a movement in Tallahassee to make it so. And I don't think that the casino industry will have enough pull to change the majority of votes that are against it in Tallahassee. Unless Tallahassee starts to see that we're losing a lot of money because Georgia has it and we don't. Such a complex issue to discuss because there are so many moving parts. I mean, we have gambling. I mean, and it's like they used to say about about becoming a, a dry, why we had a dry county. Alachua County was dry when I went to college up there. You couldn't buy a drink there. And they used to say that the Baptist preachers and the bootleggers didn't want it. You know, right. and and now it's the paramutual tracks has been for years. Why should they? They already got card rooms. They you know, already have paramutual gambling. They, they own the the five frontons have been reduced to card rooms. Uh, and uh, now the question is, who benefits from this? Well, the plus side, and this is something we could talk about for hours without being able to change anybody's mind one way or the other. But to illuminate the subject, we already have legalized gambling, offshore betting. You can go to Vegas, obviously. You can go online and bet on horses and what have you. Uh, and certainly you can find a bet. Let's be honest. There's a bookie I want to say on every street corner. But if you want to bet, you can find a legal bet. Because there are billions bet every year, I guess, on whatever, on legally. And during the, when they bet all that money on the Super Bowl, they would, I would venture to say 90% of them are probably betting legally uh, on the Super Bowl. I think, well, don't buddy, you? But, buddy, in this state, you know, there's been no bill that's been introduced right. in the legislature. And that's the very first thing that has to happen. And I don't see the motivation. Because let's face it, it's got to come from the Republicans. They hold the majority, mm -hmm. you know. And I understand the Senate votes differently than the House. But it's got to come from the Republicans. It, it doesn't even matter who the governor is. It, but it's got to come from the Republicans. Well, Republicans are more reticent about gambling than Democrats for whatever reason. And it's ironic because, you know, Republicans are more about states' rights than Democrats normally, and yet Democrats have been far more aggressive throughout our country about promoting gambling than Republicans for whatever reason. And in this state in particular, I mean, you know, the casino industry has been protected when it comes to gambling at every turn. And, and to me, buddy, if we're going to have it, in this state, it's going to be because the casino industry convinces people in Tallahassee we need to do this, and we know where we're going to have the sports books. We're going to have them in the casinos. Yeah, right, exactly. It's all tied together one way or the other. Right. I, I see also people are finding oh, everybody wants a piece of the pie. 
Did I read that the NFL wants to regulate some of it and you have rights well, fees and all that stuff? So they want, yeah, they're calling it an integrity fee, which is very ironic. That's really funny. Critical. Really uh, funny. But right, uh, you know, basically saying, hey, uh, we're going to have added costs mm-hmm. because now we, it's going to cost us so much money to make sure that nothing nefarious is going on. Uh, plus, also, we're providing all of this for free that you're all making money off of. We need our cut. Let's call it what it is. It's a fig. It's, hey, we yes, want right. our, it is a big, you're right. Right. You're right. We want our something, something, you know, having a little something for the effort is really right. what it should be called. Right. But, but a lot of people believe that it could be a one quarter of 1% that gets handed out to, you know, on every bet. If it's an NFL bet, it goes to the NFL. But what to me is interesting, buddy, is like West Virginia is one of the five most aggressive states here in the last year to want legalized sports betting. And they're going to get it here pretty soon. They may even have it in time for college football. One of the proposals that was in their state legislature was that 1% of the money of every bet goes to West Virginia and Marshall universities, the two division one schools in the state. If think about that, because remember buddy, every state we may have, regulation that is the same from coast to coast but what the states do with their money is up to them we could have a different vig in every state if you know what i mean or or the vig is what it is but states do with it what they will think about a state could literally if they wanted to take that money and start siphoning it off to their major universities they could dramatically alter the shape of those universities, not just academically, but obviously you and I talk sports. I mean, that could be a lot of money that ends yeah. up going to West Virginia and right. Marshall, which totally changes what they are right. in the sports landscape. Now, David, I'm going to get you educate me on something in a minute. I'm going to educate you on this. The fact remains is, and it's one in one of my books way back when it's been written before that the Florida used to have a huge advantage because they passed a bill in Tallahassee where the University of Florida got money from the dog tracks and the horse tracks. We had a day where the Florida schools, and we got it for sports, by the way, so I gave them a leg up. So parimutuel wagering really helped the Florida Gators in the 50s and 60s, and it wouldn't be the first time it happened if the casinos wind up helping West Virginia and Marshall. Uh, so this is not something brand new in, in the concept. Having said that, and I know we'll be talking about this for a long time to come. Educate me a little bit on this. Brendan and I are sitting here trying to figure out this whole thing with graduate transfers. I get more confused by the minute. And, and, and I, I'm going to have Urban Meyer on the show on Friday. I may be able to talk to him a little bit about it. And others, uh, Coach Spurrier, I don't think he's gotten this as a graduate transfer. He'll be on in about seven minutes. But in terms of I read, uh, these people have applied like, like Joe Burrow being the classic, uh, having poster boy. Yet uh, he's graduated, and yet he has to get clearance to go visit LSU and Cincinnati. And by the way, my source in, in, in Columbus told me two things. A, he claims Urban may have blocked Joe Burrow from transferring to Florida. I don't know if I believe that or not. I, I don't think he would lie, but someone may have lied to him. And he, uh, he also... Uh, uh, says that the leading leader in the clubhouse, get ready for this, for Joe Burrow is Cincinnati. Wouldn't that be a shocker? 
Well, it would be because they've got a very good quarterback in house, and in theory, you know, so he'd be sitting behind somebody else for 2018. If that's the case, why not stay at Ohio State? Mm-hmm. You're much closer to starting at Ohio State than you are at Cincinnati this year, quite frankly. Yeah. Uh, you know, I asked about this too, buddy, because I'm like, wait a minute, I don't understand. If a guy has graduated, can't they just get up and leave? They've graduated. Why do they have to ask for permission, essentially? And I was told it's a little bit more than a courtesy, but technically because they're still on the roster, mm-hmm. all right, that that is why there's some sort of permission that needs to be granted. I don't. I don't understand it. I don't to me, either. if you're a graduate, you know, you're done. You're yeah. done. See you. but, but I guess technically he's still at Ohio State. Hmm. You know, he's clearly looking to transfer. He's announced he's going to transfer. But I believe if you go on their website and you look on their roster, he's still on it. And hmm. if that's the case, I was told that basically you have to get permission. You know, you and I talked about this last week. I know. In, you know about urban and Florida and how you and I are, are – this is one thing you, you and I have agreed upon. We've always thought the Florida fan has treated urban poorly post-Florida. Yes. And we don't quite understand why they hold the angst that they do towards him. And so not to belabor the point, but you and I believe that, yes, it ended awkwardly and badly, but he came here and did what you wanted him to do, two championships, a nice little run. Why not be grateful for the run? And he should be welcomed back at the University of Florida and given a nice ovation, and it should be warm and fuzzy. And apparently there's no thaw, and it's not warm and fuzzy, and now there's angst on both sides because of it. And we wondered, I know I did last week, because of how the Meyer family feels they've been treated by the Gator faithful, would Urban stand in the way of Joe Burrow to Florida? Yeah, that's that's the question. That's the illusion that this person made. And by the way, um, I think the key is that uh, 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 this guy does report on it. This guy does report on Florida, and he did he did say he used the word block. When it came to, uh, you know, uh, in your wheelhouse, a guy who won four consecutive SEC championships. And, boy, I saw you on TV with Mick Hubert doing the baseball, and then I know you talked to the track folks. What was that like up there, all those SEC titles in 30 hours? Yeah, i tell you what, uh, it's been a pretty good uh, last couple of weeks, few days uh, for all the sports here at the University of Florida. Uh, yeah, Mouse Holloway and the track teams to win the men's and women's uh, SEC. That was something I talked to him just uh, yesterday, and he was still fired up. And uh, I tell you what, winning championships, sometimes people think, well, you won it last year, you won it the year before. But it's the same feeling every year, the same feeling for the team, the coach, and uh, that, that's why you train, you practice year-round to uh, in that moment that uh, maybe you're the best of everybody in the SEC. So uh, he's done it. Baseball, Kevin O'Sullivan, they've they won the SEC again. To thank Florida's got 15 and 85 years of SEC baseballs, and uh, Coach O'Sullivan and his group has got a third of them. they got five of the 15. Uh, so he's, he's on the way to setting all kind of records here. Golf team's doing well. Tim Walton, our softball girls, of course, won the SEC in the tournament. Lacrosse is winning. Amanda O'Leary and her team, and uh, 
gymnastics. We finished third in the nation by about a half of a half of a point, I think. Uh, did you watch the gymnastics NCAA, buddy? I did not get to watch that, Steve. I tell you what, I watched it, and uh, somehow or another UCLA won on the last event, but it was nip and tuck between, I think, us, LSU, and UCLA. But I think, what I think gymnastics might be the most pressured sport for an individual performer of all of them. Those girls, uh, those young ladies are out there all by themselves. They mess up. There's nobody to, to take over. You know, yeah. in football and basketball, somebody can mess up. And as long as you win the game, it's no big deal. But in gymnastics, man, you've got to be accountable every time you're, you step up to the plate there and so forth. So anyway, yeah, it's, uh, the overall sports program here is, is really strong. Makes it much easier to be an ambassador for a program like that. And, Steve, you've always been about the winning ever since your dad told you early on, as you documented in your book, um, that that they keep score for a reason. And winning, uh, you always said, yeah, it's fun. It's fun when you win. And you had a stretch there from 93 to 96 where you guys just couldn't do much wrong. And I know the 93 team is going to be honored this year, and we'll talk about that in just a minute. But what's it like when you're on that run? You can you even imagine? You just like It's like putting when everything goes in all of a sudden. What's it like to win four years in a row, win the championship? Well, first of all, buddy, you got to sort of expect it. And uh, the 93 team, uh, we won it in 1991. And, of course, we lost the playoff game against Alabama the first year they had the championship game in uh, Birmingham. Uh, so the next year we're playing Alabama again in Birmingham, and it was it was a huge win for us. It really was. It was the start of the uh, four four straight SEC championships uh, since 1933. I think us and Alabama are the only two schools that have won four in a row. So uh, they certainly won a whole bunch more than we have. I think they got 25 or 26. We got nine. So they're they're still way ahead of everybody. And they were good back then too, but our guys, uh, we didn't, we didn't put Alabama on the pedestal. They, to us, they were a good team, but we could beat them if we played our best. And, and you look back on those, uh, the first six, uh, SECs we won there, we had to beat Alabama five of the six years. And, uh, if you want to beat this, you got to beat them. It's, it's still that way today. Been that way since 1933, to tell you the truth. So, but anyway, our players, uh, yeah, they looked forward to it. Their expectations were high. Uh, they prepared extremely well. And uh, just mentally, we, we thought we were just as good as Alabama. And if we played our best, we, we should beat them. And uh, fortunately, it worked out that way. Yeah, I, I know 71 to 76, Bear Bryant won five. That's the only Yeah, they point. got five. Mm-hmm. But nobody else has got four. Right. And uh, so I... I, I I just tell people, us and them got the only ones that got four. Uh, but I tell you what, we do have a buddy that nobody knows. We got five straight divisions. Uh, mm. I don't think even Alabama's won five straight of those mm. divisions. You know that. So, uh, fortunately, we, we won the SEC in four of those, uh, after winning the d- division. But uh, actually, Florida, we have more divisions than any team in the SEC. Mm. Uh, heck, Coach McElwain got a couple. Urban got three. Uh, we got seven out of ten years, so I, I think we're one up on Alabama in division championships. Well, uh, uh, it, it's amazing where we were talking this morning, Steve, about the fact that, that I come from the wait till next year, Gator uh, age before you got to Florida, when it was a good, uh, it was good if you, if you, if you won a bunch of a bowl game. 
you know, and, and that culture changed. And, and if Florida was playing better when you were there, you fell a game short here, game short there. People forget that you almost beat Alabama two straight years in Tuscaloosa, Bear Bryant, the 90, the, the 63 team when you came in as a sophomore and you guys just came within a hair of at least tying them at the field goal been good. You would have tied them, uh, which is a big win beating Bear Bryant back in those days. But uh, cla- classically, as you point out, Alabama has been the paradigm. They've been the, they've been the, the they've been the champion all these years. And when you beat Alabama in your in uh, in your first year after after the Oklahoma State route, uh, that sent a signal to you right there. I think didn't it? Because they wrote somebody wrote that Florida played like Alabama and Alabama played like Florida, right? Yeah, Bill King, local writer here in the Gainesville paper, uh, <laughs> the next day he wrote, he said this was the most amazing, unbelievable day in maybe Florida football history because Florida played like Alabama, and Alabama played yeah. the way Florida used to play. In other words, we blocked the punt to actually win the game in the fourth quarter. Uh, Alabama had uh, three interceptions. Uh, Will White had the game of his life. Uh, Shane had an excellent game. Eric Red, Ernie Mills, and those guys. But it was a tough one. It was 17-13. And really, the block punt and defense uh, won the day for us. And uh, that sort of set the tone. Uh, and uh, our guys, uh, you know, we we sort of had the upper hand on Alabama. I, I think one of the nicest things, any opponent, uh, Antonio Langham, who got the pick against yeah. us in 92, that, uh, the year Alabama did win the national championship. Uh, later they were asking him about Florida and he said, he said, we beat everybody else. But he said, there was something about those Florida guys. Mm-hmm. He said, they act like they were supposed to beat us. <laughs> the other guys didn't act like they thought they were supposed to beat us. So that was a nice compliment if our guys, uh, mentally, uh, just felt like if we played our best, then, uh, we are just as good is Alabama, and now let's go prove it. So that was, uh, yeah, that was certainly a fun time, and, and every championship's the same. Uh, you get the same feeling, the first one, the fourth, fifth, sixth. So we were, uh, we were, we were very, man, really proud of those players that played uh, during that time. I know you like the 90 team a lot, and you always told them they will be your champions forever. And for a while, their name was up on the facade as the best record in the SEC. They would have won it, except for the probation, which they didn't have to do with. But talk about 93, because that's the team that's going to be honored this year. I went back and looked up this uh, the records, and you guys, you, 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 one of the things about your records that you left there at Florida offensively, I don't think it'll ever be broken. I mean, you're in the – or as somebody wrote last week or a couple weeks ago, you still got eight of the top ten years in offense at Florida. And so that's something that I think will probably never will be broken. And right out of the box, you guys started scoring points. In 93, I think you scored over 100 points the first three games, starting with that 44-6 easy win and then beating Kentucky and then Tennessee 41-34. So you put the points on the board in a hurry. Well, we really did. had some good uh, good players, and we our offense was different than what everybody else was doing. We were throwing and running, uh, but we threw a lot better than uh, almost every team in the country. Actually, we practiced it. Uh, Andy Wolf, if you ask him, what y'all do in practice, he said we threw the ball and threw the ball and threw the ball, and occasionally we'd hand off. It didn't take a lot of practice to hand off to Eric Red or toss him to sweep. So we didn't have to practice that a whole bunch. Uh, but throwing and being exact on our pass patterns and timing and getting guys open, uh, that, that's what we worked on all the time. So if you, if you practice, uh, Aristotle, one of Aristotle, uh, 
he said, we are what we repeatedly do. Hmm. So excellence is, is not an act, but it's a habit. So if you can do it excellently on the practice field, you got a good chance of doing it in the real games. And uh, and our guys, uh, we we really practiced well, and that's that's why we played well. Tell you the truth. HBC quoting our Aristotle, man, you're going up a couple of notches on the no, <laughs> I got all kind of quotes, and of course Vince Lombardi's uh, uh, quote about winning. You know, you don't win once in a while. You try to win all the time. You mm-hmm. don't do things right some of the time. Try to do things right all the time. And uh, he says, winning is a habit, and unfortunately, so is losing. Mm. And uh, all those years, we used to say, wait till next year, buddy. That was a habit yeah. we read. Yeah. And uh, we had to break some, some old habits around here, but you can break habits. Yeah. Uh, you can change your attitude, and uh, attitude is everything, as we know. And uh, and then sometimes you got to get some help from above. Mm-hmm. Uh, Danny Warfel, probably the, one of the finest young Christian men, he had Tim Tebow. And I'm convinced both those young men and their teams have a lot of help from above. Mm, interesting. Yeah, like they said, if uh, if you only had a quarterback who was the son of a preacher, now you'd be in good shape. So <laughs> you got three statues out there with all the son of a preacher yeah. in. Uh, Steve, if you, just give me a couple of minutes here. I want to go through this 93 team a little bit with you because there's some players okay. I want to mention. And I want to ask you about a couple of the games that you, uh, you know, you won those, uh, what was it, five in a row. And then you ran up against Auburn. That was one of the craziest games. That was it. That was at that game. I was living in Colorado. Okay, you lost 38-35. And Terry Dean was on a, on a Heisman run. Uh, I mean, he looked like he was leading contender at that time. And he threw, what was it, two picks or three? I don't forget which it was. Uh, and you brought in uh, behind him you, uh, Danny Werfel, and the rest was history. But at one time, Terry Dean was just on fire. And you guys couldn't stop the passing until your defense broke down. I remember those crossing, crossing routes and those great receivers LSU had, Auburn had. Uh, and country, you lost 38-35. Uh, that was a heck of a football game, uh, I thought. Well, okay, buddy, let me correct you a little right. bit. Yeah. When Terry Dean was on fire, that was in 94. Oh, am I wrong uh, year? 93. Okay, yeah, that's right. In I'm 93. Sorry. My bad, uh, yeah. My uh, bad. Danny Warfel and and Terry, they both played at Kentucky. Yes. I'm, I'm sure the Gators fans remember that when okay. they were yeah. alive back in the early 90s. But that was the Warford at the Doring. Uh, right. That's with seven, seven or eight seconds left. And we beat Kentucky 24-20. And I think maybe that was the first conference game of the year. If we don't win that one, we don't win the conference. Right. And then we were down we were down 17 to nothing at South Carolina. Uh, came back and won that one about 46 to 23 or something like that with Jack Jackson making some big plays. But Danny played uh, pretty much all the way through the uh, 93 season. Uh, I, I think uh, uh, Terry Dean might have played a little bit against Georgia on a rainy, rainy day that day up there. But uh, Danny got hurt against uh, FSU the last game of the season. Actually had to have his right. scope. Right. So Terry Dean, uh, he got the championship game, and all he did was the MVP of the game uh, through right. – Two or three touchdowns. Willie Jackson had a big game. Jack Jackson caught two big passes, uh, one for about a pitch five yard touchdown. Uh, but maybe the play of the game in the, in the 93 championship game, uh, buddy was when Shane Edge takes the punt on his own. Yeah. It was, uh, it was 14-13 and at midfield, next thing I know, he starts to punt and he jukes a guy, looks like the guy was about to block it. And he ran for about 15 yards, and the next play, Terry Dean hit Jack uh, on a deep post route for a touchdown that put us up 21-23. Uh, 
and we scored another one in the fourth quarter to put it away. But Shane uh, Edge, he took off on his own. Fake, huh? And uh, what was sort of interesting about that, buddy, the year before he did the same thing, the year before against really? Alabama in the 92 championship game, he faked it but did not make it. People say, what'd you say to him? <laughs> Not really. It was about midfield. Heck, he thought he could make a play. So the next year he did the same thing, and this time he made it. So okay. I just always believe the coach is supposed to let his guys play the game. And uh, Doug Johnson making that audible against FSU, the Quasi on the curling goal, and, and Shane taking the punt. Hey, man, if you think you can make a play to help the team win the game, go do it. And don't, uh, don't. Worry about the risk you're taking. Right. You know, it, it was neat to watch those guys do that. Yeah, and and I'm, I'm confusing my years. You're right. That was a game at Auburn that you lost. Yeah. As, uh, as the one to post the next year, which was a heck of a game, by the way, and you wound up losing that one. All right, let's talk about a couple of guys on the roster real fast. You mentioned a couple. I mean, people forget how good Eric Rett was. I mean, so many times you used him in the second half after you took a lead. Uh, he gained 1,289 yards, Steve, with a 5.2-yard average that year uh, the, in 93. And, and yet we hardly talk about it outside of the team. He was an amazing running back. Well, you should talk about him because uh, even all these uh, teams that set all kind of passing records, Eric Rand is the leading rusher in Florida football history. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many people know that. Mm-hmm. And now Emmett only played three years and went pro, and Eric was a, a four-year starter. Obviously, that helps. But uh, our, our style of play was let's get the lead and then let's mm-hmm. run the clock out in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, people, A lot of people thought we were firing away in the fourth quarter, but we weren't. We were consuming the clock, trying to run it out, not do anything stupid, and win the game. And Eric Reb was our run-the-clock-out guy. And, uh, of course, we ran a lot early in the game also. But especially late in the game, he, he could he could churn out the yards. And he was one of those players that provided spirit. And uh, spirit is contagious. Enthusiasm is contagious. And uh, the whole team would just sort of feed off Eric Reb. Yeah. This well-liked, wonderful teammate. Uh, all the all the great teams in the world seems like uh, the star players are, are some of your best teammates. Did he have three straight he years of a thousand yards or something? I know he had. A, he's amazing. He, you know, I, I think, think he, he had about thousand all those years. All, all like four. He, he didn't. Yeah, he was never hurt. So yeah. uh, that I can remember. Yeah. So he got a lot of carries, and uh, he was uh, he, he provided that spirit that yeah. just spread through the entire team. And a lot of defensive players also brought some spirit with him. Lawrence Wright. Uh, Lawrence yeah. can make some plays back there, make some good hits, and keep everybody upbeat, things like that. And, uh, of course, we had Kevin Carter, Ellis Johnson, the D-line, Culpepper, and all those guys. Uh, when you have good spirit and good players, you got a chance to win championships. Yeah, and um, you also uh, uh, you had he won a, he caught a touchdown pass in the spring game too, right? <laughs> yeah, I noticed they used the off the bench play. Uh, did, did you give that play to Coach Mullen for the spring game, Orange and Blue game? I think he decided to do that. So <laughs> we used to do it once a game. I think we had yeah. about five of them the other day. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Lawrence caught one, and yeah. he had to make a diving catch, too. That ball gets up in the air, it can do tricks <laughs> on you if you don't watch it. Yeah. And uh, and then Travis McGriff was there. I'll tell you what, Travis and Dory, they look like they can still play. Those guys work out probably at least four or five days a week or more. And uh, – 
they, uh, they're playing in this touch league right now. And Danny Waffle's out there throwing the ball. Mm. So mm. these guys are all in their 40s. And, yeah. You mentioned Chris Doring, a guy that was a walk-on, a great success story. I forgot that he started, he played so much in 93 as a sophomore, he caught 43 balls that year. Uh, so you must have seen something in him early on, and he had to work his way off the scout team. Uh, hmm? I think Julio Jones and Chris are the leading uh, touchdown, touchdown passers in history right yeah. now with 33 right. each, right. I think. Right. So here's a walk-on from Gainesville. Yeah. All he did was catch more passes than anybody in history of the SEC. Yeah. Touchdown passes that <laughs> exactly. is. Exactly. And, uh, yeah, he was – I tell you, one of the best things about Chris Doring, though, but in hopefully all the listeners out there – uh, after his fifth year here, uh, one of the guys asked him about going pro. He said, man, I bet you're ready to go play some NFL ball, be drafted high, and da da da. He said, you know what? If it was up to me, I'd play here in Florida as long as I could. Mm-hmm. He said, I, I, it's more fun playing from University of Florida than I'll ever have in pro football. Mm-hmm. But my eligibility's up, so I have to go to pro football. And when's the last time a person wow. said, I'd love to play at the University of Florida as long as I could play? But now I have to go with the NFL. So that's, uh, that's the kind of players we had back in, yeah. back in the 90s that uh, loved their school, loved their teammates, coaches, and uh, laid, it, laid it all on the line for, for their school and, uh, and their team. Love to play ball. And I'll t- have Chris on later this week. I'll tell him about that. And a great yeah. success story. Now doing well with the SEC Network. Hey, Steve, it's been fun visiting. All the best to Jerry and your family. And uh, we want to hear more about the team in Orlando when you know more about it. I know it's a little premature right now. But next time we get you on, maybe we can talk about that some. Okay, buddy. Yeah, they're still, uh, you know, getting the cities and the coaches lined mm-hmm. up. They've announced uh, two or three, I think, but hopefully in the next couple of months, uh, all eight cities and uh, coaches will be named. And, uh, we don't really start, uh, practice maybe till December or even January of 2019. Mm-hmm. And then we play February, March, April. So, uh, yeah, people ask me what, what kind of a job we get you back into coaching? And I said one of those four months a year jobs, and that's what I got. So uh, it's, it's nothing but football. Get you a good team, hopefully with wonderful attitude, and go see if we can win uh, the, the league championship. So looking forward to it, and uh, we'll, we'll have a we'll have a good team down there. I got a feeling. I'm, I'm hearing a lot of people want jobs with you, so we'll see how that works out. So. I tell you, a lot of my former coaches are sort of available now. They've sort of had their run yeah. the last 20 years or so. And yeah. they're, they're available. They're ready to do a little coaching. And, uh, you know, when you think about a four- to five-month job, that that's enticing. Uh, you know, what these college coaches have to go through now, it's, I mean, it's a year-round uh, deal in the yeah. colleges. Uh, but this is just uh, – you know, pure coaching and get you hopefully a good team that, that loves to compete and with a wonderful attitude and, and go see what we can do. So we'll see how it all plays out in 2019. It's going to be fun, Steve. Thanks a lot. We'll talk to you soon. All right, buddy. Good talking to you. Thank you very much. Well, Brandon, sorry, it's good to talk to HPC. He's, uh, he's, uh, he, he's always got something to talk about, doesn't he? Yeah, he's always got something to talk about. He's always interesting. He's always on the go, too. You ever noticed that about him? He's always running. It's a fun guy to be around. That's a no, thing. yeah, for sure. Those kind of people are interesting. That's for sure. Um, uh, I've always enjoyed my relationship with Steve. So, uh, yeah, you want to check in the kingdom? Let's first tell folks about uh, the world of beer, Brendan. Tomorrow night we'll be there with Brady Ackerman. World always of beer. fun time. 
Yeah, World of Beer. And, you guys uh, have a little too much fun up there, I think. We do. We do. We have a lot of fun up there. We enjoy it. And I enjoy usually having a bite to eat afterwards because uh, they oh, have I'm really sure good food do. and reasonable. I'm sure way. you do. You like that pretzel. Uh, no, I don't. I can't have the pretzel. I would like it. Your daughter likes that pretzel. I know that. That's for sure. And, uh, well, I so, don't know. Last time I went there, there was no pretzel left for me. What? So. You guys eat all the pretzel every time. I it think that might have been uh, Nat Blaylock, the mayor. I yeah, believe he might have been. He might have been the one. Whatever. So, so you know, we want to tell folks if you don't know by now, it's our home away from home in terms of uh, our Gainesville headquarters. Lots of things happening for the fall. Carrie and Chad and the gang planning. I know Bubba's all fired up about it. Doing some, gonna do some tailgates, Brandon. Apparently, on uh, for road games there, right there in the Tioga Town Center, and we'll tell you how that works. Brady won't be there because Brady will be calling the games on the road, but we'll be there. I'm not sure if we'll continue to do Wednesdays or if we'll change the night, but we love going there. I'd like for you to come and join us. Our friend from Ningbo, China, Roger Burns, will be here soon. He's a going to World of Beer. Big winner, by the way. Yes, he won big his goodies, winner. and he's going to get uh, some goodie packages, which I posted online. Um, and um, what do you mean, Jennifer? What kind of comment is that? Brady brings out the best buddy zingers. Oh, you mean I give them. I thought you I don't think eat. Jennifer's ever trading you up, so I wouldn't worry. No, about that. she's pretty loyal to the kingdom. I so. know. So I see what she means. She means, yeah, I do give him some good zingers. Yeah. I want to make sure she didn't say he gave me zingers because well, his zingers aren't that good. Let's be honest about it. I mean, anybody who has to print a shirt to get his name on the sign. I mean, come on, man. Well, you so, guys yeah, have a big struggle with that, and then he went and printed his own shirts, and now you guys are. Upset. How do you feel about that? I mean, truly, how do you feel? Are you upset about it? You you. You hurt a little bit? Did well, he just went out? No, I'm okay with it. All right. Actually, he paid for the shirts, and he gave us some shirts to give away, and I'm all right with it. But, Fair by enough. the way, just so he knows, he may call it the Brady and Buddy Show, but the name of the show is The Buddy Martin Show, yeah, okay? You got, you got, well, I'm a sharing kind of guy. You guys can I'll share that. that. And we go to uh, up there to World of Beer. Just come on by and see us and have a beer or whatever. It's good food. I'm wearing your time. shirt, by good the way. People. You see this? I'm, I'm, I'm loyal. Cool. To Please kingdom. do. So I don't forget me. Control. So. Sure don't today. Uh, don't have my. They're all laundry has to be done. All but right, well, uh, hey, this this world of beer voted Gainesville's best bar and pub for two straight years. There's a reason because they have all these international beers, domestic beers, and of course they also have really good food at a very reasonable price. Check it out if you don't believe me. Come by and see us tomorrow at six. The show will be there. Come by anytime and visit the folks out there. Lots of big plans. For the fall, the world of beer. Go west on Newberry, uh, past I-75 to to West End Golf Course. Make a left on Tegu Town Center. Behind it is the world of beer. Vote against those best bar and pub. Two straight years. The world of beer. It's not just about the beer, but it it should be. There you go. I changed it a little bit. You to change. You like to kind of change things up, boy. Yeah, let's, I do. let's check in with the kingdom and see what they got going on. Well, right? I'm talking to a Jennifer saying to you, uh, "Yeah, buddy, you give the best singers. That's right, buddy. Got to keep Brady in his place." Yeah. All right, that's more like okay. it. That's Brett English says, uh, "I'm with friends on the GNK luncheons. He wants to do the luncheons." So <laughs> yeah, whatever. that's something we talked about um, last night. You want to explain again? Well, no, that you and Franz want to have some weird luncheons. I don't do no, luncheons. No, no, it's not a weird luncheon. Franz brought it up. He said we could all get together. Sounds like an old guy thing to me. That's what it sounds like. I mean, I, I'm, you know more, I'm more no, of a there's bar. There's no excuse for ages restaurant. on Okay. Okay. Why don't you and no. Franz get together and you guys can have turkey sandwiches. We already have and talked to Tracy. 
the Cubulus and 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 Chris the Cubulus and we you know and we, we even got the mayor of Newbury Matt and Blaylock who says if he'll get the smoker I'll smoke it smoke the the meat and well, you we'll guys have are going to be deal. smoking what's going on now. Wait, no, is, why do you say things like this that? This whole thing's changing around. You're, You're going to be you know, smoking. No, you try to confuse people on purpose. Listen, I'm just going to hang out with Soda Crest and Colville, <laughs> and we'll do shots of fireball. Oh, boy. They talk about wild people. That's it, Colville. You and Colville, that's trouble. What By the mean? way. What do you mean? No. Just because you're jealous? Are you jealous because no. you don't have any fireball? Hey, how'd you like your the show, HBC? Your Joy McBrayer loves having the HBC on the show. We do, too. Brent English remembers his famous quote, God smiled on the Gators. I do remember that. And uh, Byron Holden uh, checking in. Great weekend for the Gators. Yes, it was. We talked about that a lot last night. Uh, Jennifer Lay, good old days. I can still see HBC pacing those sidelines with this visor. Yeah, those are memorable times. Uh, uh, Richie Robinson says, how many times did Coach throw the visor? If I had to make a, a number on it, see, Coach, 12 years. So that's, I don't know, like 140 games, whatever that is. So probably at least one out of every five. So what is that, like two and a half a season? So let's, tw- say, let's say 30 times. No, Over- more than that. No. He didn't th- did he you ever, did, did he throw it? In, did he throw no, it he didn't practice? always throw it. He sometimes just he took it off. He threw headsets. No, he actually took the headset off one time and didn't mean to throw it. He never threw a headset, ever. No. No, never. I see no, a never. picture of him throwing one right now. Yeah. You know, you're the kind of guy, you're a fake news guy. You try to create uh, misinformation. I'm a fake news guy. Okay, yeah, what does fake, that look like uh, to you? Yeah, so, yeah, Richie Robinson says his buddy and Brady. Yeah, boy, Richie. I'm counting on you, buddy. I don't have to worry about you. Um, and by the way, uh, jo- Jennifer loves the idea of the luncheon. Okay, just so, just so you know, you're calling her old also? No, I'm not calling anybody old. I know Jennifer's not old. So like Don't, be old Don't be mad. Don't be mad at me about it. Yeah. Uh, Chad Estep. I'm going to throw my visor. I'll throw my hat. Are you going to sell your hats? I might sell my hat. Man, you got to give me my money back then. No, that's a gift. That would be an Indian you don't, how, you don't even know how much they cost. I it doesn't matter for how much they cost. They're mine now. They don't fit your head. You gave them to me, therefore they're my property. I can do with what I like. Well, they can buy them for the right price. Throw one of those hats. I'll tell you what. If they're in the Gator Nation elite, I might give one away if everyone's like, because I haven't worn them all. You can't give away something I gave you. I can do whatever I want. Yeah. I have this one. Yeah, the, the orange number. Yeah. Well, just take a vote. Wait, let's see who's left online here. I think about 15 people. Which one of these hats do you like? The orange number? I like that a lot with the F on it. Yeah, I, don't the, wear, I haven't uh, worn this one. Much. Yeah, and the one you're wearing with the alligator this head on it. This dirty, though. It needs to be cleaned. The white hat looks cool. What'd you, how'd you get it dirty? Because I wear it like every day. I like and the, the white the blue one. Best. Well, I like that's the my, that one's probably not going to go anywhere. Huh? That one's probably not going to go anywhere. Brent that's English one. says Native American giver. Is that the PC version of Indian Giver? <laughs> That's pretty good. That's funny. Brent, Brent English says uh, also that orange one is sharp. Crystal Addison is going with the white. She likes the white. I'm with you, Crystal. I like the white the best. Let me see if I can find mine. Oh, yeah. Let's see. I took them all. See, here's the thing that the kingdom needs to know a little bit about you. Here's is that you have a really big... You have a really big head. It won't I'll fit you. This, this is the head. Try it on. Try it on right now. Try it on right now. Try it on. Try it on. 
Let me see how no, it fits. That, Show the, the kingdom thing. how big your head is. Yeah, it's got the. It has the numbers for next drawing in it. Oh, that's the. Uh, oh, try, try these. The, you you put it on the biggest size known. Probably to my. This is probably my fave right here. You put it on dinosaur head. And I like then, the block F. Oh, out! I don't, just the block F. That's the one I like the best. Now turn it around. And show block everyone how F. big you have it setting to the setting. The what? Head, the head setting. What's it? You have an oversight. Your head is Another over eight. Another inch and a half there for crying out loud. Plenty of them. look. Oh please. Hang on. Yeah, let's watch this. The head's a music. It's a different style hat. You got to remember. This is a bucket hat there. Baseball. Being an old baseball player, I like to represent. You know. Uh huh. And this is a this is my favorite one, but it doesn't look as good as yours looks. This would so, not fit your head. You buy hat. You bought this hat, are, and it's too Brendan, small for your head. These are different style hats. You got to understand. They lay down. See, it's not like yeah, yours sure. with your egg shaped head. Your head yeah. is an eight plus in circumference. Eight plus. What's that say? So what do you think it says? It says Roger Burns. He won the he won the pot last time. Oh, we have to we have to give him more publicity. I mean, Roger's head's going to be huge by the end of this. He got like forty five things. He deserves it. Well, he is going to be here soon. Florida football. I'm gonna get. I bought this for Terry Bradshaw. By the way, where's my stuff for Bradshaw that Nat Blaylock was going to get us to ship to him? Oh, huh? That's between you and that. Well, no, we all agree we're going to ship Bradshaw some Gator gear. He's waiting for it. Fair enough. Hey, everyone, let us know. Do you like, I mean, we may not, uh, I mean, if we don't, con we can continue to go to Twitter and stuff. I don't think people may not like it as much as we think we do. We're paying extra to do it. So if people don't like us, let us know if it's not a thing. We'll, have, we'll, we'll keep trying it out. This morning to see, because you didn't check last I night. I did. I checked. There's not a lot of people were in, check, into us. But they watch it a lot after the fact. Well, okay. But I'm just saying. You taught me that. Of course, but I mean, it does give us a limit, some control when we do it, so we can't do some things. So anyway, I was just seeing if people like it. We're also on YouTube, the Buddy Martin Show. Some if people you, don't like if you do YouTube Live. Some people don't like the app, the streaming app. So this is you know, and we're on iTunes. I had I already podcasted the Late Night Dilly Dilly last night. Are we ever going to get a Buddy we Martin ever Show on iTunes? Get, no, we were going to get a website, the Buddy Martin Media back. Yeah, I heard. You because tell me. Well, I think that would give people an option if they don't want to go to Facebook, at least, right? That's the idea. They don't have to go to Facebook anymore. They can go to Twitter, or they, they can don't go Twitter, what do they do? YouTube. Or if they don't do social media. Then you can probably go to your... They probably have a smartphone, and they can go to iTunes, and they can search The Buddy Martin Show and download that. If well, they if they only have it. Pony Express or something. Um, then they could probably still figure out a way to do it because you could steal somebody's phone and like use the TuneIn app, maybe because you're like on TuneIn. Use the word "steal" here on this show. Borrow it. That's better. You could borrow someone's phone. Yes. And listen to it that way. I mean, we're not on terrestrial radio, but we're about everywhere else. Stitcher, uh, TuneIn. So we're podcasted. Uh, SoundCloud. Now we're on Twitter, Facebook Live. Uh. Uh, uh, what is it? Streaming YouTube Live, and then you don't also even know. You got so many, you don't even know how many. No, I do because I can see them. They're running right now in front of me. They're what about Insta how about Instagram? We're not on there. You can't do long, long formatted uh, shows on Instagram. Yeah, no, they have like a time limit, so you can't mm. do it. 
Well, only a couple of people watch this on Twitter today, so Twitter's been slow. Well, we're trying it out. It splits our audience up a little bit. Commenting is off. There's one of the problems right there. Why is commenting off? Your comments are off. I don't know. Yeah, maybe you turned the comments off. How did I do that? I don't know. It's your Twitter account. Check connected Periscope in your settings. Well, I didn't have to do that before. That's one of the problems we're having. Why? You have, but you're the one who uh, who's controlling it back there. Negative, Ghost Rider. I am not controlling it. Well, you the broadcast you are. I'm not controlling your Twitter. I'm just we need that. We need a techie. Is, is uh, I am don't a techie. We have a Thank czar you. of tech. Yeah, we me. have a czar of tech, don't we? Yeah, we have Chad Rich. Well, where is he when we need him? Well, he's probably working. Yeah, but he's supposed to have this in his one of his ears at all time, isn't he? I don't know. I don't know. Huh? I'm not sure. I don't think anyone even watches us anymore. Anybody watches? No. I'm think. not watching right now myself, so well, I don't know. Anyway, we're ta- we're over our time by five minutes. So. That's okay. It's the internet. Yeah. Well, fair enough. Uh, what's coming up next? World of Beer tomorrow night. Check Urban it out. tomorrow night. We have lots of guests. Urban tomorrow on Friday. Uh, we'll, we'll podcast this show. Coming up. If you you'll missed, be podcasting tonight, you can find us on Twitter. If you I'm missed, YouTube. Uh, you yeah, you can check. You can if you're a YouTube person, go to YouTube. The Buddy Martin Show. There's on YouTube. If you're a Facebook person, obviously the Buddy Martin Show on Facebook. Join the Gator Nation Kingdom at the Gator Nation Kingdom. If you're looking or the Gator Nation Kingdom on Facebook, look for that. Ask to join. Fill out a couple of uh, Gator-related questions, and then we will see if you pass the mustard. You can join our group, which is an awesome place to get a lot of great information and stuff. We will have a functioning website soon at thebuddymartinmedia.com. We'll do a redirect page from GatorNationKingdom.com. That's exciting about uh, Franz. So we'll, uh, we'll have more writing there. You guys doing Franz are going to do the writing thing. We'll have our pod center huh? there so you can see more of the podcasting uh, and see all these different networks or outlets that we're streaming to, i.e. Periscope, Twitter, uh, which same thing. So uh, if you do either or and or uh, YouTube and, of course, Facebook Live. So all these things are happening. All these all shows stuff. are going to be available. Plus you have iTunes. Plus you have SoundCloud. Um, the only thing I can think of is maybe uh, um, Spotify. I, got I have that music. That's where my birthday music was put on Spotify. So, yeah, so all right. Probably well, we're be in all get form. us better on Spotify. I mean, Would it be fair to say that we're going to have some really kind of revolutionary things coming between now and September? Is that over? Is that exaggeration? Or yes, it's an exaggeration because I think what we're doing already is pretty. I, mean, I think when we went to the airport it was pretty damned. Well, that's old stuff. That's history. It doesn't matter. Well, now we have to fly that, a drone over a plane yeah. and get them in the plane with a drone. That would be that would be, be great. Interesting. Probably not going to work. So. Probably time to say good night, except it's daytime. All right. Good night. I think we're tired. We do these back-to-back shows like this. It's we're good. Tomorrow night, 6 o'clock, we're off. Woo-hoo. Let's go do something. All right. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning.